We're continuing in the experiencing the goodness of God in part five on Psalms, uh, Psalms 23. Uh, we know that life is a series of choices, and we know that there are a lot of decisions, choices bring us to the point of decisions, and, and if you make good decisions, you're probably going to be successful. If you make bad choices, bad decisions, you're going to not enjoy success. You're probably going to fail in a lot of areas. We know that there is a struggle, you know, like, well, do I move or do I change jobs? Uh, uh, do I get married? Uh, do I stay single? Et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes we just sit idly by. It's called indecision. Now, there's something to be said in the Scripture about indecision. Indecision is one of the greatest sources of stress in a person's life. As a matter of fact, Jesus' brother James in the book of James said a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And that word in the Greek, unstable, means staggering like a drunk. You're pulled in different directions as to what to do. But you know what? What is the antidote to all of that chaos? The simply, the simple truth is this. God's guidance through his Bible will direct you no matter who you are. If you believe that, say amen. You see, y'all got a lot of catching up to do because I missed you for close to three months. I didn't hear any amens out there at all. But you're back now, so I want you to help catch up on that if you don't mind. You say, I don't like saying uh, uh, amen. Well, then say boy." <laughs> I love you, I tell you. Well, what is the Bible? It's a roadmap that God has given us. And it's a compass to lead us in the right. Everything we need to know is right here. It's a personal guidance counselor by the Holy Spirit. Well, how are you led by God? You say, you know, I've got some major decisions right now that I'm facing or circumstances or some prayers that I've been praying and nothing has really been happening. And it seems like that, that God is quiet. Don't ever say God is quiet as long as you have a Bible. Because the Bible speaks as you read that. You simply put things in proper perspective. Now, in order to hear from God and be directed by God, there are probably some things that we need to start doing. And there's some things that we probably need to stop doing. Some things to start and things to stop. And it's not very difficult to find out God's will if you listen carefully to this message this morning. Our text, of course, is drawn out of Psalms 23, the 23rd Psalms. You see, it's not about death. We are, it's the most read Psalms, quoted Psalms at funeral of any other scripture in the Bible. Often it's even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, thou art with me. And the Psalms is not about death. If you study it carefully, God says through the Psalms, he's saying, I desire to guide you. We know that God is a good God. We know that he has great plans for us. We know the Bible will inspire us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. So Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores, he refreshes my soul. He leads me in the right paths. He leads me in the right paths for his name's sake. Leads me in the right paths. In other words, 
He can speak to you and will speak to you every day. No young person can be without knowing what God's will is in their life if they're reading their Bible. No man can say, I don't know what to do. Well, you might say that for a period of time, but if you're praying and reading the Bible and you have Christian friends, God will give you guidance and direction. We are always guided by God. Romans 8, 14, only those people who are led by God's Spirit are God's children. And so what you could say, if you've never felt like you're being led by the Holy Spirit, you may need to take another dip in the salvation pool because those who happen to be God's children are led by the Spirit. Now let me give you some things that you shouldn't do. Are you ready? (laughs) I got more amens online initially there. You see, you can't follow a culture that doesn't follow God. You know, some of the amazing things that I see on Facebook from time to time is some of the saints that'll sit right out there on Sunday morning. And then when I see them on Facebook, I'm telling you, they're engaged and involved in some things on Facebook that they post on Facebook, and I'm saying, there's nothing about church right there, nothing Christian seemingly about that. Hello, do you know what I mean? You can't say, holy God, I love you, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and then say, I want to get out there, and I'm going to follow culture. So here's what is important to do. You make Jesus number one and determine who is the first priority of your life. You can't run in two directions at the same time. Listen up, men. Listen up, families. You can't serve God and mammon or God and money at the same time. And so we find in Exodus 23, verse number 2, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Well, everybody else is doing it. Sometimes it might be legally right, might be politically right, but in relationship to what you believe the Scripture to be, it is absolutely wrong. And may God give you the gumption to be able to stand and say, yeah, I know it's legal, I know it's political, and both are right, but it is not right according to the Word of God. So what am I going to do? The Word is my guide. Paul writes in Romans 12 too, do not copy the behavior values of this world. Instead, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to, what he wants you to do. You men, I know that most all of you want to do the will of God. You want to know what God thinks. You want to know what God is saying to you. And I can tell you this, that any time you ask God and you research God's Word, God will not turn away from you if you ask Him humbly to give you guidance and direction. You have to determine whether you're going to be led by popular culture or you're going to be led by what the Bible says. And here's what he says, you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really, really, really is. No life and no journey, however, is without pain. Sometimes doing the will of God 
it's going to hurt. Sometimes doing the will of God is going to be a little scary. Sometimes doing the will of God is going to cost you. But you have to determine, am I in or out or am I in? And I'm staying there regardless. One of the weaknesses of following popular culture is that most of culture is temporary. You know, a lot of things in life are in style now, but it will be out of style before you know it. 1 John 2, verse 17, the world and all of its desires passes away, but the person who does the will of God lives forever. Number two, you can't follow your friends who aren't led by God. You just can't do it. You can't follow your friends who aren't led by God. If the majority of your friends, my friend, are going the opposite direction of God, then you're going to be making some bad choices. But if you have friends that are following you in the direction toward God, you can say hallelujah. The reason men in particular do not hear the voice of God for his will is they're too busy often listening to the voice of their friends who are not moving them toward Almighty God. The bottom line is this, culture that is not following God will use bad language, will drink things that they shouldn't drink, smoke things that they shouldn't smoke, go to wrong places that they shouldn't go, watch the wrong movies, and then will discount what might be in the movie by saying, well, and giving some kind of excuse. When you fill your mind up with garbage, garbage in and garbage what? And when you dream, your dreams will not honor God. Well, that's just flat good preaching. You have to decide, how am I going to live? Why is this such a big deal? Because one of the things that causes people to miss God's will for their lives and miss God's good and perfect plan is peer pressure. So we have it addressed in 1 John 3, 7. Don't let anyone lead you in the wrong way. Christ is righteous, so to be like Christ, you must do what's right. Anyone who keeps on sinning is being led by the devil. You're not being led by the Spirit of the living God. How the number one need in the life of men is this. For from their children, men like to be respected. You men agree with that? You like to be, be respected. You know when you're not respected, when you have to say, you better respect me. Men like to be respected, particularly from their grown children. I've heard from all my children this morning. I've heard from several ministers that are in ministry today that we help train. I had one that says, my father and the natural was never good, but you're my spiritual dad. He's doing great. You trained me, you taught me, you helped me. My son came in this morning and said, thanks, Dad. Friday night we had a big old huge fish fry. I'm telling you, it was so good. It's just the kind of thing that I like to do. They all gathered around and showered me with love, showered me with gifts, and showered me with cards. I read those cards and I thought, they got the wrong man. <laughs> that feels good, doesn't it? I said, that feels good, doesn't it? 
I was in the right place, fried fish, grits, coleslaw, baked beans, hush puppies, and, and sweet iced tea. I thought, Lord, help me. And Father's Day only comes once a year. Listen, yeah. Proverbs 13, 20, keep company with wise friends and you'll become wise. But if you associate with fools, your life will suffer great hurt. You can post this. You can't soar with eagles if you're running with the turkeys. <laughs> and running with the turkeys will not bring you respect. Over a period of years, making wise choices in your life and in your family will, in fact, pay off. 1 John 3, 7 says, don't let anybody lead you astray because you'll miss God's will. You'll miss God's will. We understand that. The Bible says that we are to love everyone. You say, well, what about my friends that are not saved? I'm not to associate with them at all? No, we're supposed to love them and be guided by them and let the Lord guide us. But we're not supposed to let them influence us away from God. Jeremiah 15, 19, you will be my spokesman. You are to influence them, but do not let them influence you. 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or anything that belongs to the world. And if you love the world, you can't love the Father. And then the same person that wrote that says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, which is it? Well, the word in the Greek, the word for world is different. In the first, it talks about the world as a culture or value system. The second, God so loved the world, it's talking about the people of the world. Number three, you can't look to sources other than God. Oh, what are you about to say? Are you about to slam Judge Judy? No. Are you going to slam Dr. Phil? No. How about Dr. Oz? No. If you want to have a great source, then it's the Word of God. But don't look to other sources like your best TV show that might have Judge Judy, Dr. Field, and Dr. Oz, and then Google, my friend, is going to lead you astray. Hello? The best place to look is right here. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. Your sins have been your downfall. Take words with you and return to the Lord, says him. I like that right there. Opened it right up and it jumped right on us, didn't it? We look to the Bible. It is the owner's manual. And as a man, we're supposed to lead our family in the principles of God's truth in making major decisions, not running to and fro, but seeking God's wisdom and, and God's guidance. There are other counsels that people use, other sources. Some will look at the horoscope every single day. What's going on today? That's called in the Greek hogwash. 
that stinks and it's nasty. It's divination. Divination. You see, in ancient times, this is something most of you may never have heard, but just stay with me for a moment. In ancient times, way back there in the Bible, they consulted a liver. A liver. What do you mean by that? The liver is the heaviest organ in the body. Someone would look at it and say, okay, according to what I see in the liver, we are now ready to go to war, go to battle. We will win this one. It was not a mighty thing at all because the Roman Empire was built on finding the liver and looking at the liver and letting a, a liver of a sacrificed animal speak to this. No Roman soldier ever went to battle without looking at the liver. The Babylonians looked at the liver. The most commonly used form of direction. Ezekiel 21 verse 1, the king of Babylon now stands at a crossroads, uncertain of whether or not to attack, so his advisors will cast lots by shaking arrows from the quiver, and they will inspect the livers of sacrificed animals. I don't know how to phrase that other than that's about the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard of in my life. But you know what? When you get away from being led by the Holy Spirit, the enemy will take advantage and lead you in directions you never thought happened. And there are many people, modern culture today, are into palm reading. Hello? They're, they're going to a madam to try to have their future determined. And you know, look at tarot cards. And, and then let me say, don't call the psychic hotline. Let me say it again. Don't call the psychic hotline. And let me give you a little tip about that. If you do call the psychic hotline and they talk to you and then they ask you for your credit card number, hang up because they ought to already know what it is. You supposed to know it? You don't need to ask me. Deuteronomy 18, verse 10, never look at a psychics or seance or fortune telling or the stars or people who claim to be in contact with the dead. People who do these things are doing evil and God hates it with a passion. Enough said, enough said. Number four, you must stop being led by your circumstances. Well, I'm just going to go with the flow. How ridiculous. Your life ought to have purpose. It ought to have meaning. It ought to be guided by the Spirit. How do we determine God's will? It's easy. We get into the Word of God. We often use circumstances. Well, I miss my plane, so that must be God's will. Well, the offering, offering plate, they skipped my row today, so that means I don't have to give today. I overslept, must be God's will that I don't have to go to church. You know, why do we do that? We're on shaky ground when we do. The Bible is filled with many individuals and their story who use circumstances, and circumstances were exactly the opposite of what needed to happen. You take Jonah, for example. God told Jonah to go where? That's right, go to Nineveh and preach. 
They were the hated enemies of the Israelites. Jonah said, I'm not going to Nineveh. That's east. He went down to the shipyard and saw the boats that were docked there and got on a ship headed toward Tarshish. That's way west. When he got there, he thought this must be God's will, a boat headed in the other direction. The ship is waiting to go to Tarshish. I got money in my pocket to get a ticket. They've got space for me. So it must be I'm supposed to sail away from Nineveh. In Acts 27, there's another Paul, the apostle, who is being or taken to Rome as a prisoner. And that night before the ship was to sail, God spoke to Paul in his time of prayer and said, warn them about what they're about to do. Paul said, hey guys, don't sail. We're going straight into a storm. The Bible said they didn't listen to that. They told him there wasn't a storm. And they said, hey, there's just a gentle breeze that, that is blowing and it came by. That's exactly what we need. And they launched. And it wasn't long before a violent typhoon arose which made it impossible for them to be successful in their journey to the degree they finally just had to let their boat drift. Often circumstances will take you to what looks like an open door and it's a trap door. Why should we use circumstances when God has given us His Word and He said the Word will be revealed to you. The Word says the Holy Spirit will guide you and speak to you. Number five, you can't be led by your feelings. I got eight amens right there. That's pretty good. Pull them up. I'm, I'm going to get them one way or the other, y'all. <laughs> you can't be led by your feelings. Feelings will lie to you. Every emotion is temporary that you have. Whether good or bad, it's temporary. If you're depressed and discouraged, that's probably not going to last. It won't be at the same level of intensity. Some have said, let your conscience be your guide. Often your conscience has been dead wrong. The Bible says the heart is deceitful. You lie to yourself more than anybody else that you know. Far too many people have their decisions or base their decisions on how they feel. And that sounds extremely spiritual. Why did you do that? Well, I just had a piece about it. Let me share an alarm. You remember the story of Jonah? He gets to the ship. He's sailing away from Nineveh. He goes down to the bottom of the ship, finds a bed, and he goes sound asleep. He's totally out of the will of God, but he was at peace. Amazing. You see, peace is a good thing, but it's not enough to base life decisions on. When you have the Word of God and the Spirit of God, Proverbs 14, 12, you may feel you're right on the right road and still end up dead. 
Isaiah 53, 6, we've all strayed away like sheep. We've all left God's path to follow our own. Well, let's talk about some things that we must do. Things that we must do. You must want to be led. This is real simple. I love this illustration. It says, the passion with which you desire to be led ought to be like this. Someone's holding your head underwater. You just about are out of being able to, to hold your breath. And now you realize their hand is still strong. You've got to have oxygen. And you begin to fight like a maniac to get your head above water. That's the illustration there that says you need to have that same will and determination to say, I want to be led by God as having to come up and get a breath of fresh air. That determined. Psalms 40, verse 8, my God, I want to do what you want. Your teachings are in my heart. That's what I want to do. Number two, you must be willing to do what God says. Well, I want you to go over there. Well, where's over there? Well, I can't tell you. Well, I'm not going. And you know what the Bible says? That often God only gives us direction one step at a time. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed that God doesn't reveal and, 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 and lay out his total plan in our lives? Do you know what he's trying to tell us? He said, I want you to learn to say yes in advance. That no matter where I tell you to go, what I tell you to do, how long I want you to be there, I just want you to say yes, Lord, yes. God, whatever you say, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, my life is open. It is yes. Yes, Lord, yes. God, you want to use me? The answer is yes. Thy will be done. John 7, 17, whoever's willing to do what God wants and chooses it will know if what I teach comes from God. Number three, you must look to God's Word. God's Word, God's will is found in God's Word. The psalmist wrote, your word is a lamp to guide me and a light to my path. Number 119 of Psalms, guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome with any evil. Let me just tell you something. Before you give advice to anyone or give an opinion to anyone, you better know that when you give it, you are speaking as a mouth who knows the will of God. Far too many people do that just out of their own brain, out of their own emotion, out of their own desire. When you speak, you ought to speak the will of God. That's what believers do. God's will is found in God's Word. I'll make it real simple. When you open the Bible, God opens His mouth. When you close the Bible, God shuts his mouth. How do you like that? You want to hear? Open it up. You want to not hear? Close it down. Number four, you must ask the Holy Spirit to be your guide. James writes, you have not because you ask not. Psalms 27, 11, teach me, Lord, what you want me to do and lead me down the right path. So I want to be led by the Holy Spirit to be my guide. Well, when your mind and your heart have been filled with the Word of God, and you've meditated because you've given God time to talk to you, 
and you've got that Word and you've got the Holy Spirit pulsating in your heart, and you come to a situation that you're called upon to say something, or you're called to, to try to witness or called to try to counsel someone, you will be surprised how you'll draw off what's in your heart, draw off what's in your mind. God will bring it to remembrance, and you'll say things you thought that you were never capable of saying because you had a well that was built there, filled with the Word of God, and you were able to speak the Word of truth. And we need that in our culture today. Psalms 25, God guides the humble in what is right, and He teaches them His way. Number five, you must listen for God's response. He'll speak back to you. Amen? How many of you men will be real men now? And raise your hand with me and say, my wife will speak back to me. Am I the only hand that's raised? Am I the only one? I'm, I'm reminded of the teacher who said to her class, if you think you're dumb, talking to her students, 25 of them, if you think you're dumb, why don't you stand? She waited for about a minute, and all of a sudden, little boy stood up. Teacher teacher was standing there, looked at him and said, son, do you really think you're dumb? He said, no, ma'am, I don't. But I hated to see you stand there by yourself. <laughs> God will make a way where there is no way. Say that with me. God will make a way where there is no way. You see, it's beautiful. Job 33, 14, God does speak, sometimes one way and sometimes another, even though people may not understand it. The psalmist cried, God, I want to know your will. And here we know that Moses and deliverance of Israel out of Pharaoh's bondage, took off a million and a half or more and got to the Red Sea. Boy, it looked hopeless. They knew Pharaoh was coming. They understood that. Moses got there and th thought, what do I do now? The people are saying, what are we going to do now? They were saying, we would have been better off back there. But Moses received instruction. And he said, walk into the water. Take that instrument, cast it into the water. And so the psalmist wrote about it. In Psalm 77, 19, your road led a pathway through the sea, a pathway no one knew was there. Here's what it means, that you get to a dead end, and you're befuddled, and you're confused. If you let the Holy Spirit saturate you, God will give you a path that you've never thought about. He'll give you a direction that where the barrier of the Red Sea and there are many barriers, financial barriers, physical barriers, barriers of energy, you have a phobia of barriers. 
But when you're with God, there is always a way because he makes a way where there is no way. That's the God that I serve. And gentlemen, that's the God I want all of our families, especially our men, to get to know a little better. Amen? Let's give the Lord a clap off. Would you stand, please? Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for every person there online. And here in the sanctuary, we're standing. And we know that we need a lot of help. We know there's a lot of challenge out there. And we're looking to you. So God, would you help us? We have made mistakes. We have missed it. We've not done what we just heard. and Went the wrong direction. Maybe used the wrong approach. But today, we want our hearts to be humble. So we're going to ask you, Jesus, to forgive us. So would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross so that I could ask for forgiveness. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Purify my mind. Give me the spiritual fortitude to do what you say. I ask you to forgive me. Take all my sins away and give me a new heart. Give me a strong will to do your will. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you look this way? Let's give the Lord a clap offering one more time. There are many tools that you can go, victorylakeland.org. There are many ways to help you. You just prayed that prayer and you said, I'm not really a follower. You can get engaged on the website. We give you the wisdom that you need. You see, friend, these are days when you look to the right and you look to the left and you thought, wow, I never witnessed so many challenges. These are days that you and I, as believers, can have a firm foundation and not be led astray. Amen. I love you. We're going to worship this, and then Randy will give a dismissal. Here we go. Miracles when you move. is gone in this room. Miracles happen when you move. Healing is coming in this room. Miracles happen when you move. Heaven is coming. One more time. Miracles happen when you move. Healing is coming in this room. Miracles happen.
living for Jesus. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We hope to see you back here this Wednesday night. Have an incredible day. God bless you guys.